All right, well, welcome to Getwell Church. So glad to be with you here today. Obviously, I'm uh, joined by somebody on the stage today. This is Lindsay Whiteside, our newest full-time staff person. She oversees student ministry and missions down at our Hernando campus. And she's with us today, not to, uh, for me to tell you that she's our newest staff person, but because she just finished up our very first ever residency and ministry year. And we wanted her to be able to share a little bit about her experience because I think it's going to be a blessing to all of us and whatever we're doing in our life as well. All right, so let's jump right in. Lindsay, so this is our first ever residency uh, program, our first year in it. It was uh, new to us, new to you. So why don't you just tell us a little bit for all of us who have no idea what this is, what is the residency uh, ministry and what did you experience? Yes, so the residency is a year-long program for anyone that is searching uh, for their call, anyone that is feeling called to full-time ministry. Um, In the residency program, you get the opportunity to work inside a church, so you get to see the inner workings of a church for a full year, but you also get to be taught practical things um, about ministry. And so usually most residents uh, are collaborating with one or two ministry directors. They fall under one or two ministries. This doesn't mean that they're not seeing the full picture of all the ministries um, because it is very intensive. Uh, But there's two primarily ones that they're feeling called to. So they're collaborating with these ministry directors. And during this, this is super beneficial because not only are they seeing the inner workings of the church, of that ministry, but they're also having someone pour into them that is walking closely with them along this journey. And also on the practical side of it, once a week, uh, all the residents from the orchard, get well, they all come together in one place and they're taught from nine to three, just about practical things within ministry that you will experience over time. It could be anything from theological concepts to how to preach, to uh, how to officiate a wedding. I mean, it is anything during that year. And so my experience with the residency, it looked a little bit different because uh, we were new to it. And also uh, there was a different position that was to be filled. And so I was actually over students and outreach. So the same job that I do now, um, I did while I was a resident. And I think that was definitely a gift from the Lord because he saw my future far more than I did. And I will be the first to say that I did not want to do this residency. There was no one who wanted a job less than this for me. And so um, sometimes when you're entitled like that, when I felt like Get Well should just give me a job, not make me be a resident, it comes back and it bites you in the butt. Um, and that it did. And so for me, I can't imagine a different way that I wanted to start uh, my journey into ministry. I created relationships and friendships that I would have never had without the residency, people that I'll have for lifelong to call call on whenever. But also, I got to learn more about my creator, got to learn more about ministry, and just the way that he created me to be an impact for Mm -hmm. his kingdom. It's it's really clear God had some things that he wanted to do in your life. You may not have been on board fully at the beginning, but God had a plan, Mm -hmm. and maybe that's why you got thrown into the fire and didn't have that typical experience to kind of get your feet wet in ministry and figure things out. Uh, God had other things in store. And, and part of that was it was a learning curve for us, but that was in part by design and it was an opportunity for growth for you by design as well. 
Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you learned about yourself, how you grew over this last year walking through the residency program? Yeah, so if I were to tell you guys all about what I've learned this past year about myself and about ministry, you would probably get up and leave by like, I don't know, three o'clock. You just be like, I'm done. But um, I do wanna share with you a couple of things that I learned during this time um, that I think that if I wouldn't have been in this residency, I wouldn't have learned or it would have taken me a lot longer to learn. And so the first one would be my ability to communicate the word. I know if you're thinking, if you know me and you're in the crowd, you're like, Lindsay, we know you love to talk. And I do, I love to talk. But if, you, if I would have thought that I would be preaching on a Sunday morning, um, like I have been at Hernando, I would have told you you're crazy and walked away. But he really showed me during this year that he has gifted me with his ability to communicate his word clearly and that that is something that he is going to use to impact his kingdom. And I think that through the residency, this was shown to me because there's a preaching track and there's a worship track that each resident takes. Um, and I can't sing, so I obviously pick the preaching track. And so during this, you, over the span of a year, you have to preach a five-minute sermon, a 12-minute sermon, and a 25-minute sermon. And you have to preach it to your fellow residents as well as leadership at the orchard. And after I did my five-minute sermon, it, was, it wasn't great. I did it in like two minutes. I was super fast. But the, the orchard, the leadership at the orchard, they immediately began pouring into me and saying that you have this gift and affirming that in me. And then the Lord just kept putting people in my life, affirming that, affirming that. And so uh, leading right into that, when I started thinking about the gift of communication that the Lord was calling me to ministry, I decided to start running from that gift um, because I'm a, I'm a runner. If things get hard, I start running. When I felt the call in the ministry, I didn't want to work for a church. I ran, and then that same thing happened within my gifting. And so I actually started, because when you start thinking about the gift of communication, you start thinking pastors and this, that, and the other. And so I started getting a little nervous about that because I had to start wrestling with what is what does women in ministry look like and so i had to start um, wrestling with the bible wrestling with god and i started running and so i actually started to pursue a license in counseling which i think is uh, to work for a church which i think is still super beneficial um, that mental health matters within a church um, but that is not what the lord had called me to and so uh, Brian Collier, he's the lead at the orchard. He sat me down. I'd started taking classes and everything. He sat me down and he told me straight to my face, the only reason that you're running is because you're wanting to do a predominantly female role. You're wanting people to see you in a predominantly female role. And I think after he said that, that's when I really realized that this is what the Lord is calling me to. And if he's calling me to that, then I can't get in his way and other people, no man is going to get in his way for what he set into motion for my life. Mm -hmm. And so without those two things, those were the biggest things this past year in my residency. And I hope you see how that shaped, the residency shaped my view of those things, helped me work through those things. Um, for th They might have been concepts that would have taken me a while to wrestle with, mm -hmm. um, but I got to do that within the year with people that I uh, trusted. Right. I know your first message time with Hernando, the Hernando campus was January 2nd. 
And all I heard for the few weeks after that from the folks who were there was, I don't know what it is that ministry people have, but whatever it is, this girl has got it. And I know you felt like it wasn't, you know, top notch, but you've, you've grown in that in every area. And really, it has been so much fun for me and a lot of us to kind of stand on the sideline and just watch you grow. And you did share a little bit about, you know, how that took place, where you were given a platform, an opportunity, and you had guidance and people walking with you. Uh, but you really had people that saw something in you that you may not have seen in yourself. And they have brought you up to experience that. And I know because of that, and for other reasons, you have a real passion for reaching the next generation, that other people will experience their calling and their life coming up, not as potential, but as active calling on their life. And a lot of us, we talk a lot about that, but I'm not sure that we all really know the practical, like how to, how do I invest in somebody that they can experience a yes to their calling. So. How would you say we can go about that? Sitting here in uh, the room or watching online, what can I do to invest in somebody that they might step toward what God's calling them to do? So I think all the things that um, Jonathan just listed uh, were great things that were investments in me. And there would only be two things that I would add um, right now. And that would be, number one, don't belittle, don't diminish the whole, what the Holy Spirit is going to do through you. I think a lot of times when we're talking about investing in the next generation, there's this sense of nervousness. Um, even I feel it when I'm asked to work in kids ministry. I get nervous, anxious really fast. The littles, I'm not, I'm not um, good at that. But I know that I have the Spirit of God within me, and He's going to be seen far more than I'm going to be seen. And so when the, when the thoughts come in about... I don't have anything in common with them. How am I supposed to relate to them? I'm not relevant to them. That's just the devil working, spitting lies. Is that you, you literally have the spirit of God living within you. And I don't think that many people know how impactful their words are. That when the Lord is tugging at your heart to say something, that that is so impactful to anyone. Not just residents, not just my age, but any kid, student, anyone in the next generation. Um, I know that there are multiple times um, where I have had conversations with people or someone has just walked by me and said something, and I still remember it word for word to this day. They have no idea that they said that, but that, but that was because the Lord was speaking through them, and they got to be a vessel for the Lord. And so I don't want anyone to miss the investment that is the next generation, and the opportunity that we have to invest in them. I think that is so important. Just from my own perspective and just being here and knowing that there are many of you in the room who invested in me when I was tiny and then now here I am. And we get the opportunity to say no to fear and say no to the lies and see the beautiful flourishing uh, fruition of his kingdom that you planted those seeds and he brought it to fruition and you get to see that you get to be a part of that so don't let fear be a reason that you don't invest in the next generation don't diminish what the spirit is doing within you mm -hmm. yeah and my second point um or my second uh, advice piece would be to be patient um, allow there to be mistakes allow there to be growth uh, during the journey during any um, generation i think that 
when I, th- when I think about my first sermon at Hernando, I would rather eat my least favorite food for the rest of my life than to go back and watch that sermon. I mean, it was a train wreck, I know. But the congregation of Hernando, they could have done two things during that time. They could have uh, been very upset uh, about how we let anyone in the pulpit. They could have uh, not invested in me. They could have been like, yeah, you, you need to go on somewhere. You don't have it. But instead, they got to be an integral part of my story because they displayed holy patience unlike I've ever seen before. I remember one sermon. This wasn't even my first. I feel like it was one very recent. Um, I accidentally gave the wrong Bible reference to Bible verses to the tech booth. And then I also reread something I had already read to them and didn't notice I was rereading it until like I was almost done. It was a train wreck. It was an absolute train wreck. But we laughed it off together for a minute. And then they kept investing me. They kept pouring into me. And even when I know I messed up, they would still say, no, Lindsay, like, you were called to this. You were loved. This is something that the Lord is doing through you. And just constant affirmations. And I, I could get emotional talking about um, them because they did not have to uh, be that accepting of me. They did not have to invest in me like they did. But they took it upon themselves to portray this holy patience. Right. I think that really would change the way we interact with the next gen if we were just, we A, believed in them and that God had a calling on them and then we were patient, expect failure, but put safeguards in place so that failure is not fatal, you know, and encourage them. I think that would really change the dynamics to help them hit the target. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I love most about the residency ministry program and particularly your story. Because Lindsay, I think about your life uh, you've overcome a lot and lost your dad uh, at a young age. You had um, things that you had to overcome and you absolutely have. And you had a lot of opportunity. I mean, you're a collegiate athlete. You're smart, outgoing. You had a lot of opportunities out there, a lot of things that you could choose from. And this year has given you the opportunity to find your target. And I would love for you to share with us what that experience was like for you to find your target and why that's so important. Yeah, this one, this question was a a hard one for me um, because that's something that I struggled a lot with um, during my high school, college years. And then when I went to graduate from college, that was like a big, big problem for me. A lot of tears were shed um, over this. And I think that throughout my life, I pursued success. Um, I wanted people to see me as successful and so what this looked like was playing college basketball. I, I had to play Division One, And so um, or if I played anything less, then that was unsuccessful. And so when I got there, then it was like, okay, what's the next successful thing that I could do? And so during this time, I was doing um, the internships with the student ministry. I did that like all four summers. They just kept get, bringing me back. And so I was doing that, and I was feeling called to ministry. I was feeling the calling, but I was deeply suppressing it um, because in my eyes for me that did not make enough money that was not where people would see me as successful that's not what would bring me like the most praise and so all very selfish things but that's that's what I was searching for and so I started applying to law schools I mean I started doing some crazy stuff and um, I was going to play another year of basketball just all over the place and so finally 
I finally said yes, um, and I said I would come do this. And when I look back on, and this is only a year span, so I realize that this is very quick, but when I look back on this year and the rest of my life, I just think about how boring and how shallow what I had planned for my life was compared to what the Lord has planned um, for me. And so the last thing I wanted to do ever in my life would be to work for a church. I promise you, that was the last thing I wanted to do. But that's because I was saying, yes, I was, I, that was what I wanted to do. That was not what the Lord had planned for me. And so when I started saying yes to Jesus, and I started saying yes to the Spirit and leaning in to that, even though it was terrifying, not something that I wanted to do, the Lord just blessed me because it was my purpose it is my purpose. It's what I'm living into. And the fruits of that has been more joyful than anything I've ever experienced in my life. Um, I'll end by saying this, that um, I've, I've been a part of a lot of cool things and I've done a lot of cool things in my life, but working in the position that I am right now is the coolest thing that I've ever done and probably will ever do. And that's not just because I'm working for a church or I'm in a church that everyone has to do that. No, that's because I said yes to Jesus and I said yes to the call that he had on my life and no to myself. And that when we say yes and we leave the door open, when you say yes to serving in kids ministry, when you say yes to serving in student ministry, when you feel that tug and you say yes, he is going to bless you. You are going to be the most joyful you have ever felt because you said no to yourself and you took the most ultimate plan. And so this morning, I just want to encourage you that if there's something that the Lord has put on your heart that, is tug that he keeps tugging at, um, if a ministry area that he keeps telling you to serve in, but you're like, no, um, do it. Just do it and see. No one ever regrets it. It's tiring. It's exhausting investing in the next generation, but it's so fruitful because that's what the Lord has planned for you, and that is your purpose. I love it. I love it. I will affirm you. Uh, saying yes to Jesus and stepping into that role uh, will never be boring and it won't be shallow. In fact, it'll be so deep sometimes you feel like you're drowning, uh, but just keep your eyes on Jesus and, and it's good. And I would affirm uh, the same for all of us when we say yes to Jesus and what he wants to do in our life. Uh, I am so excited about what is ahead for you. And I want to pray that the Holy Spirit is guiding that. And so in get well fashion, we're going to pray for Lindsay. If you'll extend a hand toward her as if you were laying a hand on her, let's pray together. Uh, Father, thank you for the witness that Lindsay brings for what you've done in her life, what you are doing, what you're going to do. Lord, thank you for the target you gave her. Thank you for her gifts. Thank you for your relentless pursuit of her. Thank you for this last year where she could grow and explore what you're calling her to do in a safe environment where she was encouraged and lifted up. God, thank you for the, the vision for this ministry and the leaders who make it happen. Uh, Father, I pray for your Holy Spirit to fill her up. God, that she would never do ministry or this life on her own power or will or strength, but it will be fully strengthened and guided and empowered by your Holy Spirit. I pray for fruit. I pray for multiplication. Uh, Lord, I pray for joy in what she gets to do. I pray you carry her through the hard times and the moments where she doesn't know what to do. And I pray most of all, Lord, that you'll be lifted up through all of it. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all thank Lindsay for being here today.